Thank you for joining Women Inseparable for the study in His likeness. May we grow in our ability to see others and ourselves in His likeness. Here's author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. We're doing a character study. And we did a character study on God and concluded that the very character of God is his name, isn't it? And there's a lot that we could put under that. Our study on God can go in all different directions, but we focused on his name, the weight of his name. We did a character study on Jesus and we concluded words can be said to no end. The very truth of it, the very character of Jesus, it's Jesus. It's our very, it's our savior. He's our Lord. He's our Jesus. We did a character study on the Holy Spirit and the excitement to come and study the Holy Spirit was like, let's study the Holy Spirit. We concluded, oh, it's going to be a study on us. So wait a minute. Have you studied the Holy Spirit since that week? Have you learned a lot about yourself as you study the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is vast from the beginning of time to the end of time, which there is no end of time. The Holy Spirit is vast. And the Holy Spirit was sent directly by Jesus's request to the Father, to each and every one of us, making us therefore created in his likeness. Last week, we talked about disciples. We picked a disciple. Did you pick a disciple? Spend some time with that disciple. Steady the character. Did you find that when you studied the character of your disciple, that it was less about that disciple and more about God? Isn't that interesting? When we study those that are created in the likeness of God, it, we tend to forget about the human casing and we start seeing God and his creation. We start seeing Jesus and his love. We start seeing the Holy Spirit and his filling. Then it becomes less about that person, less about Peter's eager to speak and John's son of thunder. And it becomes less about that character of the man and becomes more about God in that man, more about the likeness in which he was created. It gives, takes pressure off of that human, doesn't it? Last week we talked about disciples. And as we talked about disciples, we saw the one that is sitting in our seat. Do you see yourself as a disciple? Are you a disciple? Made in the likeness of God. Today and next week is like a dream come true for me. You know how you have bucket lists? I've never had a bucket list of, I want to go to France or whatever you put on a bucket list. I want to jump out of an airplane for some reason. I don't have those type of bucket lists. My bucket list is um, scripture studies. Like, get in front. One of my bucket lists, which is so unbiblical, so it won't ever happen, but I would love to sit in front of a group of men just a room filled with men of all ages. And I would love to sit there and tell these men, you are man, stand. That's all I wanna say, that's all I wanna say. And then maybe peek into scripture and maybe build up man. How beautiful would that be? That's on my, that's on my bucket list. However, scripture says not to usurp authority over a man. And it's comical every time I get an opportunity, which has happened like once, that I have this book open in front of me and there's men in the room. I'm like this. So the scripture says, and it's a disaster. This happened just a couple weeks ago in front of uh, my team. Our husbands were in the room for a beautiful opportunity to be prayed over. 
and the men, the husbands are in the room. I'm talking to the wives, to my team members, but there's husbands in the room. And I'm like, this is what Jesus says. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I can stand in front of women all day and I'm okay. Bring in that man and not good. It's not attractive. All that to say, I would love to be able to build up a man. I would love to. God created man in his image and his likeness. He created he am male. I would love to build up man. In a society that squashes the identity of man, I would love to build up man. In a world in which we grow up hurt by a man, therefore we hate all men. I would love to build up the image of man that was built in the likeness of God. We have been scarred, we have been hurt, we have been left, we have been devastated by a man that is not men created by God in his likeness. I pray that whatever is said today will heal in any way you need healing. That it'll piece together the likeness of God as apart from that one human that embraced the seed of evil. A human in and of itself has the option to choose that seed of evil. We see this in Cain. He made that choice. I want to show forth my seed of evil. Cain is not the picture of mankind. He is the picture of Cain. That's all he is. Cain is Cain. He's one man who chose the seed of evil and he murdered his brother. How terrible for us to put Cain on a platform and say, that's man. That's not man. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus came. This is an amazing thing. Jesus came in the likeness of man. We've been talking about the likeness of God and we were created in the image of God. And we're going, going to focus on man this week and woman next week. But to think about man and think about Jesus Christ who created man in his image and his likeness, he created him male. Jesus came and put on the image, the likeness of what he created. He put on the likeness of man. This is what Jesus did which means there's a difference between the likeness of man and the likeness of God. Is that deep theology? Are you following this? Because my mind has been blown during this study. There's the likeness of God in which we were created. And then there's the likeness of man in which Jesus put on. Do you see the difference? I, scripture is flying in my brain. In fact, I sent pic a picture to Gail this morning of, of my brain on paper. Did you have enough? Oh, enough paper, enough brain. It's, it's a disaster. It's a beautiful, beautiful disaster. I started with a homework assignment or a challenge, a personal challenge that I was going to present to you girls and mine went haywire. So I'm curious if yours will come out a little bit prettier than mine. On one side of my paper, I wrote, and I get a printer paper. I don't, I don't like lines. If I'm emptying this on paper, I don't want a line. It gets in my way. I need a printer paper. Sometimes I need like five printer papers and I put them all together and it, it's crazy. I got one piece of paper set in front of me and on one side I put the likeness of man 
highly recommend that you do this. Likeness of man. On the other side, I put likeness of God. Under likeness of man is the seed of evil. Under the likeness of man is the seed of evil. Under the likeness of God is God's seed that you see in 1 John 3. It's the seed of righteousness. And when you see it on paper, you see that it's two completely different things. And they cannot be the same. The likeness of man is on one side. It's one choice. The likeness of God is on this side. It's a different choice. It cannot be the same. But yet Jesus, Jesus did it. We're going to talk about man today. And we're going to talk about the man, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, may I pray above all things that you put my agenda aside, that you put my bucket list, my, my dream to elevate your creation of man. I pray that you'll set that aside and completely empty me of all of my thoughts and my ways and my words. This is my public prayer this morning. Father God, I pray that your word, that your very scripture is spoken today. I pray that you'll bring it to life and I pray that you'll bring it to our heart. I pray, Father God, that your scripture will be a salve to our female soul. I pray that the harm that was done by one man will be forgiven and not labeled across the, the board of man in which you created, in which you love, in which you, in which you shine your light through. I pray that you'll help us to elevate the man, Jesus Christ. Help us to see the very example of man that Jesus came to portray. I pray that our eyes, sweet Jesus, are set on you and you alone. This is my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. This week, my... Um, my challenge to you, if you're going to do a Bible study on your own from this study is my challenge is to pick one man from scripture. There's a few to choose from. You could pick a disciple or you could pick, pick a prophet or you could pick, pick a man, just pick a man. And then in your starter guide is a list of questions. Will you evaluate that man through the character of God? and see what happens. Perhaps you do your paper challenge and you write likeness of man and you write likeness of God and you put your person's name there like I pick Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 and look at Zacchaeus as I did in the likeness of man and look at Zacchaeus in the likeness of God and see the transition that takes place. What if you didn't choose? Have fun. <laughs> because it's a, it's a character study and it's always about Jesus. My prayer is by the end of our study, by the end of this, this likeness study that we'll see no matter who we evaluate, whether it's an Old Testament prophet or a New Testament disciple, whether it's the very pastor that stands on a platform week after week proclaiming the word of God to our hearts, whether it's the person in your mirror, the person in your car, the person in your bed, that we see them through the character of God and no longer judge them in the shell of their humanity. That's the prayer. That's the end goal. Judas would be one of them. Always 
see yourself and others through the character of God. This is why it's so important to know the character of God. Know God. Know him. Know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Know the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the three are one? That's our God. He's so big. He's so big. I got to spend time with Zacchaeus. And I enjoy spending time with Zacchaeus. To me, Zacchaeus is a friend. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day. Um, and I, anyway, that's a total sidetrack there. We don't have time. Luke 19. <laughs> Luke 19, verse 1. I'm going to read the story of a man that is recorded in Scripture. As I read this passage, and I'm going to read the whole story of Zacchaeus, will you evaluate the man that is on demonstration in this passage? And side note, it's not Zacchaeus. Oftentimes we want to study Zacchaeus and we want to study Zacchaeus so we can learn Zacchaeus. But the best way to learn Zacchaeus is to see Jesus in Zacchaeus. See what's happening. Look at the man, Jesus Christ. Luke 19, verse 1. Luke 19, verse 1. And it's very rare that I read a whole passage and read it um, quickly. I was told this morning I'm put on speed when I'm listened to on podcast. I know I'm a slow speaker, but I'm going to read scripture fast. Well, Jacqueline, fast. Here we go. Luke 19.1, it says, He entered Jericho, he being Jesus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Do you see the identity of this human? And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Do you see the character of this human? But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Do you see the character of this human? Sometimes our stature produces our personality. Do you see the character of this human? Verse 4. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Do you see the character of this man? He's a very wealthy, very prominent man who has the capabilities of running and climbing a tree. This man was driven. He was driven. He was not a lazy man on any scale. He climbed up into the tree to see Jesus. For Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Some of you just want to pause and let your heart beat a minute. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, by name, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. Matthew 9 verse 9 is an amazing verse to put right next to there for a personal challenge study. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, when they saw it, when they saw it, because there's always a they, there will always be they. They are always going to surround you. They are always going to be watching you. They are always going to be judging you. They are always going to be saying things. They, they always are there. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Do you see the character of this man? Do you see in the likeness in which he lived? 
in the likeness of man. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, which he also is a Jew. He is of the Jewish lineage, the family of Abraham. He is the exact same story as Levi, the tax collector. Both of which Jesus looked at these men and saw the drive in them, saw the character of man in them and said, I need to come to your house. Both of them. He said the same thing to both of these Jewish tax collectors. Matthew 9. We'll show you Matthew's story. Luke 19 tells you Zacchaeus' story. Jesus is exactly the same in both of those stories because Jesus is always the same. Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek, and the Son of Man came to save the lost. It's the story of Zacchaeus. You've got two men in the story. One is Zacchaeus, who was created in the image of God, but born as man. And that being born as a man in the image of God completely changed because of Adam. Completely changed because of Adam. And if you are not familiar with the story, research Genesis 1 through 4. Read Genesis 1 through 4. Read it and read it and read it and read it. And see the difference. See when the seed of evil was planted in man. And when that seed of evil came in, God's seed was destroyed in man, making man incomplete. So Adam was created in the image of God. He was made in the likeness of God. As a man, he was created. And then he sinned. And I'm curious if when we read that he partook of the apple, and then right away it says he partook of the apple and they found leaves and they clothed themselves and they blamed one another. I'm curious if at that moment when he ate the seed or ate the fruit and his eyes were opened and he saw that he was naked, I wonder if at that moment he cried out to God what would have happened at that moment. Do you know how long it takes to gather leaves? Have you done that recently? I haven't. I'm a desert baby. I grew up in Vegas. There's no leaf collecting there. Rocks, yes. You don't want to make clothes out of rocks. It'd be very heavy. <laughs> Adds weight, right? No reason there. Do you know how long it takes to create clothing to piece it together? A time span took place with Adam and Eve during this process. They, they ate the fruit that they were told not to eat. Their eyes were opened, scripture says, and the next thing that happened was they saw that they were naked. The next thing that happened, scripture says, is they gathered leaves. Do you know the time process that that took? And then the next thing scripture says is they, they created clothes for themselves. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of conversation taking place between Adam and Eve. That conversation's not recorded in scripture, but I'm curious what that conversation sounded like. I have a feeling it was the first time they both felt hurt by one another. Remember those feelings of puppy love? 
And then that person that you're so in puppy love with says something that like hurts you. You're like, why did you just say that? That hurt. Imagine never feeling hurt by a human before. And then all of a sudden your person hurts you and you're like, what is that feeling? I feel so hurt and I don't even know what that means. Like this is what Adam and Eve were, were facing at that time. What would have happened if at that moment, Adam, Adam, who was man chosen to be the lead, fell on his face before God and said, God, my eyes are open and I'm scared. What would have happened? I don't have the answer to this question, but it's been flooring me this week. I'm curious what would have happened to mankind if he got right with God instantly. Instantly. Do you know that is exactly what Jesus came and gave us? Jesus came, born in the likeness of man. Scripture says he put on the sinful flesh of man. He put on that. Could Jesus sin? Oh, he could. Jesus had the capability of sinning because he was in the likeness of man. Jesus could sin. Any second of the 33 years that he lived in the sinful flesh, he could have said, yes. Isn't that amazing? But scripture says over and over and over, there was no sin found in him. Why? Because he was made in the image of God. He had the Holy Spirit in him. And here's a fascinating, beautiful statement about the Holy Spirit. We always talk about Jesus, and this I get a little giddy about. Jesus came, right? It's the first time Jesus took on the flesh and dwelt among us. It's the very first time the Holy Spirit indwelled a human on earth. We see in the Old Testament that he rushed upon Samson and he rushed upon Elijah and we see the presence of the Holy Spirit come and then go. But it was the very first time in which the Holy Spirit was inside of a human casing always. And it was the very, very first time ever since Adam was alive before he ate the fruit. It was the very, very first time ever that another human was able to see what a human filled with the Holy Spirit looked like. That's what Zacchaeus saw. He saw for the very first time another person, a man that looks like him. They are both men, both nationalities, both lineage, the same. They were man, but there was something different about Jesus. And it was the fact that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was made in the likeness of God while wearing the likeness of man. And Zacchaeus saw it. And it was the very first time that the disciples saw, huh, there's something different. And it's not so much that Jesus went around and saying, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. Have you ever heard another human proclaim words like that? Have you seen YouTube lately? There are videos of men throughout time that are saying, follow me, because I know the truth and the end is destruction and the end is death every time. This is where religion comes from is because one man says, I know the truth. I'm going to write a book about it. Just say, no, there's already a book. It's already taken care of. I'm going to follow the Bible. 
If there's ever a book written by a man that takes you away from this book, well, you just throw the book away. Don't even give it to a library. Just throw it away. That's um, side information. Personal opinion. We know where those belong. Jesus Christ was the very, very first time that a human demonstrated to another human what it's like to be created in the image of man, but to be created in the image of God and to live. And he did it. Jesus did it. And the disciples watched it. So I'm sitting at my church at Eagle Christian Church on Sunday and I'm listening to my preacher preach about Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Do you know what Paul was saying? Paul was saying, I am born as in the image of man, but I am living in the likeness of God in which I was created. So follow me as I follow the example that my Jesus set with this lifestyle. And I want you to do the same. Stop sinning. Stop walking around with your head bowed down about, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. You are righteous. You are made clean. That sin has been completely destroyed. Don't go to the grave. Stop going to the grave. Every time you sin, every time you want to wear that, every time you want to identify yourself as sin, you're going to the grave. It's not that you're going to the cross because Jesus is no longer on that cross. You're going to the grave where, where Jesus took your sin and buried it and you're unearthing it and literally wearing dirt and mud and grossness on you saying, this is who I am. I'm a sinner. No, you are not. You've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Stand in that. Jesus says, let me show you what it looks like. Let me show you that it can be done. You can be created in the image of man, but you can walk and live and breathe and laugh and fellowship and work and embrace and be you in the image of God in which you were created. Now go. You are the light of this world. You are the daughter of God. You are just like me, Jesus says. If I can do it, you can do it. And here's how you can do it. I'm going to ask my father to send you what? The Holy Spirit. And you say, but isn't that prideful to go around and say, no, I don't sin. Sure, don't say that. That sounds weird. <laughs> But if your choice is to identify yourself as a sinner or identify yourself as righteous, and if you've read the book of Romans any time lately, you'll see that those are the only two that matter. Those are your only two identities. Sinner, righteous. Sinner, righteous. Sinner, righteous. And it cannot be both. It cannot be both. Can I say that again? We want to measure, don't we? Have you ever measured your sin next to your righteousness? Ever picture an empty tube here and an empty tube here? This one's labeled sin, this one's labeled righteous, and the one you feed grows. So we put our sin and our righteousness side by side in our thinking, and we say, okay, I'm going to, I filled the sin this weekend. Ah, I need to fill up righteousness. And we, we balance our sin and righteousness so we can measure it. And we hold our vials of sin and our vials of righteousness and we view everybody else as if they're holding their vial of sin and their vial of righteousness. And we go, hmm, huh, okay, I'm doing good. My righteousness is better than theirs. <laughs> Do we not measure our sin and our righteousness? 
do we not measure the sin and righteousness portrayed by others? What scripture tells us, I can send you a picture of my brain dump and show you all the scripture that proclaims this truth. But scripture says throughout the New Testament, since the time of Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes and indwells mankind and replaces us back into the very image of the likeness of God in which we were created, we have a choice in our salvation to either face entirely this way and say, I am a sinner and live it. Or we completely turn tail and say, I am righteous and live it. You can't do both at the same time. Try it. Try it this week. Physically, literally try to go both ways at the same time. Try it. There's a fun personal challenge. You're like, I never do Jacqueline's personal challenge. I'm going to do that one, though. And you're twirling all week long. <laughs> all you'll be doing is bringing Romans 7 to light. Romans 7, where Paul, the infamous passage, you know, where Paul's like, I want to do good, but I do bad. And I don't want to do bad, but I do good. And it's that turmoil. He's twirling, constantly saying, there are times in my life where I just want to go here, and I want to go here, and I want to go here, and I want to go here, constantly going back and forth and back and forth. And he's a mess. Do you know in the whole book of Romans, it's the only time he talks about that? Leading up to Romans 7 and going away from Romans 7, it's about don't live in sin, live in righteousness. When you want to battle, you're going to look like this. And he says, don't live in sin, live in righteousness. The rest of it is clear. That turmoil, and we cling to Romans 7. Oh, Romans 7. Oh, my flesh wants to do bad. Why do we cling to Romans 7 when there's 16 chapters in Romans that say stop sinning and start living in righteousness? And when you do sin, say, God, I am so sorry but it's not that you turned your body this way and embraced it. You're still living this way. You're living. You are living step by step in which you were created. We're talking about man today. James 3. James chapter 3. I was talking to God this morning. I told God, <laughs> my bucket list today is to lift man. But I don't talk to man. I don't. I talk to two. Got my husband, the hottie. If I talk about him, we're not going to get any scripture done. And then I talk about my boy, who's a man in training. He'll be 17 this summer. These are the two men I talk scripture to. Other than that, I don't, I'll talk to man, but I'm not going to open a scripture with him. That's unsettling. We've already been there. So I'm asking God, what do I say to a group of women, to a body of women about man? As we discuss man being created in the likeness of God. James chapter three has been in my heart for a week over this particular day. And I kept questioning, like, did you mean first John three? Because we did 1 John 3, the beginning last week, and it just makes perfect sense, God, to finish 1 John 3 this week. Like, it makes perfect sense. That's like James 3. I'm like, did you mean Galatians? <laughs> James 3. So I'm reading James 3. And in light of us as a group of women talking about man created in the image of God, James 3 makes a little bit of sense. Will you start in verse 1 with me? Not many of you should become teachers. I'm going to let you read that on your own. 
I want to move to verse 9. And forgive me, 5. I was looking at 5 and I said 9. James 3, verse 5. It says, so also the tongue. Huh? Woman? Can we talk about man for a minute? Listen to what James says. As a woman, will you hear these words as we talk about man? So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, exclamation mark. May I pray the Holy Spirit says what the Holy Spirit needs to say in our hearts. Women have been given an amazing gift. One of our most powerful gifts that God has given to us is the ability to speak words. We're good at it. I truly believe it is a gift designed by our creator. What the seed of evil does inside of us as women is we use those words terribly. And I pray that the conversations that take place after our study in small groups or our home groups or a Zoom group or just you with your girlfriends or you on your knees in prayer, that we don't apply this passage to the way society behaves. Can we not bring the world's behavior into this conversation? And you'll see why in a moment. This is not talking about the unsaved world. This is not talking about unsaved people behaving as unsaved people because people that don't know Jesus Christ live their life in a way that they don't know Jesus Christ because it's all they know because they are made in the likeness of man. They're living in the sinful flesh. May we pray salvation and freedom from sin over those that do not know Jesus as their savior. I pray for salvation upon those people. This is not who this passage is talking to. This is a pastor. James was the pastor of the church, and he's speaking to those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he says, how great a forest, how great a forest is set ablaze by the tongue. It is such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, he says, a world, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, and there's passages from Romans that could flood your mind if you allow it. If you spend time in Romans this week, you'll see those connections. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. Woman, what are you doing with your words, what you're allowing to come from your tongue over the men in your life, setting on fire the entire course of life? set on fire by hell. He says in verse 7, a verse that can be connected very easily to Genesis 1, to the very creation of man who is created in the image of God and the likeness of God. Verse 7, it says, for every kind of beast and every kind of bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind as if Adam fulfilled his role as having authority over animals. That's a cool verse to me. It's connected right to man's creation that animals have been tamed. He says, but, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. It is full. It is 
full of deadly poison with it. And here's verse 9. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray you speak on our hearts the words that we need individually. It says, with it, we bless our Lord. With it, we bless our Father. Isn't that a true statement that we can smile and praise God that we do so? He says, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of who? God. These are your Christian, these are your Christian people. With our tongue, with our very tongue, we praise our Father. As Christian women in our Bible studies, in our scripture studies, and in our coffee shop meetings, we praise God. We do, don't we? We get together, we open up this book, and we giggle, and we're on. We sit before the throne, and we praise him, and then we whisper to one another, disdain to men. And our husbands are thrown on tables, and our sons are thrown on tables, and our pastors, our pastors are thrown on tables with disdain and words of cursing. And we say, oh, these men, if they would just man up, woman. That'll be next week. Our men need to stand. Our men were created to stand. They were created to lead. They were created to tame the very creation of God. May we use our tongue to lift up our men to do what God created men to do in the very image of God. Mom, you're raising a boy, raise him up to be a man. A man created in the very image of God. Your two roles, tell them that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died on the cross for them, that Jesus rose again for them. Give your son the gift of salvation. And then secondly, give him the gift of man. Don't you dare use your tongue Oh, may we not use our tongue to belittle our men. Father God, thank you for the gift of man. My heart giggles. I'm, I'm spoiled with the two men that I get to live with. I'm spoiled by them. God, in the 45 years of my life, I haven't always been able to say that I've been spoiled by the man in my home. There are some men that do not do what they ought to do created in the image of God. And there are some men that do do what they are called to do as the image of God. I pray that you will help us to pray. Help us to pray for the one that does not know who he is. And help us to use our tongue to lift up the one who is doing what he is called to do in the image of God. I pray that you'll help us to be a woman of God. And help us to use our tongue in the way you've designed it for good. Lord, you've created me and you called him good. I pray that you allow us, help us, teach us, show us how to use your words and call man good. Father God, I do pray for salvation. I pray for salvation for every lost soul that is on our heart right now. I pray freedom from sin over that person. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, 
email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.